Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I had a crash on the test drive. I went back, got my card machine. Look, there's no argument to be had here, mate. He was definitely trying to curve paying for the car. He took a car, he's crashed it, and he's dealing with it. To most people, I'm a car dealer and I'm a YouTuber. If we saw a Porsche or a Lamborghini, which was a rare occasion, it was like seeing a celebrity. It's like, wow. The first car that I ever bought and sold, it was about 350 quid. We re-advertised it and we got a thousand pound for it. You've been doing this over 15 years now. It just got to a point where we was doing so much that we was like, wow, we need to do it properly. The guy's won it for free, but at this point in time, he's not responded to any messages. I'm gonna go and knock on his door. Say, you've won the bloody Hyundai for nothing. Is that a hell of a pinch me moment when you're stood on someone's drive giving them a free car? That wasn't a pinch me moment. I don't know what a pinch me moment's been, but... Do you like forgive and forget? Nah. When you're younger, you're a bit of a hothead. You just react to things in possibly the wrong way sometimes. There's only one way to deal with things. Calvin, a few weeks ago, I didn't know quite who you were, but I ended up meeting you on a trip to Las Vegas that we went on two weeks ago. And now we're back. I'm so pleased uh, that I met you because I've never met someone on this podcast where I think my brain and theirs works in such a similar way. And I think it's fair to say that, although you definitely are a bit of a dickhead, on that, on <laughs> that, week, on that week away, we had a, a damn good time and probably made everybody sick to death of us talking about uh, business for so long. No doubt lots of your followers will be here watching this. The thousands of followers that you've accrued across different social media platforms and congratulations on Thank you very everything much. that you've built up over the years. But holistically, just for everyone, in your own words, who are you and what do you do? Uh, so my name's Calvin, Calvin Fair. I'm from Luton. And I suppose to most people, I'm Calvin's Car Diary, who's an online, I'm a car dealer and I'm a YouTuber. So that pretty much covers it for most people. It covers it for most people. However, that is 
only just touching the sides from what I learned. And it took me a couple of days to actually get my head around the entire makeup of everything that you do and all the plates that you've got spinning. And just like me, it seems that you can't help chasing every little rabbit that comes in front of you mm, down its own hole. Exactly that. Um, yeah. uh, so we'll go through in a little bit some of the things that maybe people wouldn't know that you've got going on and things that you're building up. Um, however, a lot of people do spend time talking about the here and now on podcasts. It's very easy to talk about what happened last week. But there's going to be so many kids, potentially between 18 to 22, flipping cars out there, trying to figure out how to make money. Thousands of people across the UK love automotive and always try and think, how could I take a slice of an automotive business or grow something or have my own thing going on? So what I want to do is actually start way back, get an idea of who you were when you were younger, Mm -hmm. how your surroundings when you were younger formed you and how you've got to where you are today. So as a first question, what is your earliest memory of a car? Wow, my earliest memory of a car. God, I don't, I don't actually know. I've just always loved cars. I suppose when I was younger, so my dad left when I was about five years old and he was always into cars. And I remember once he um, he must have picked us up. No, no, sorry, he didn't pick us up. It was soon after my, my parents split up. He'd bought a Rover SD1 in black, which you might not even know what that is. It used to be an old police car, but it was a cool car. I can imagine. And um, he picked us up for the first time in a long time. And he said, boys, uh, let's go to the shop. So we went to the shop and on the way to the shop, we walked there and there was this black Rover parked on the side of the road. And he was like, wow, look at that car, boys. And I remember we was all looking at it like, dad, that car's amazing. And he goes, anyway, let's go to the shop. So we went into the shop and uh, come back out. And he goes, you wouldn't believe it. I've got the keys for that Rover there. And I just remember my eyes like lit up. I thought, no way, my dad's got the keys for this bloody car. And um, yeah, it was his car. He just bought it. And he didn't have no money. I don't know how he managed to wing by in this car, but um, it was a cool car. And it's quite a big thing for even like, he might have took us to school the next morning and my friends at school would have been like, wow, is that your dad's new car? So that was quite a cool memory. And I think from there, you know, I just, I don't really know what sparked the love for cars, but I was always quite fascinated by cars. No idea why. So does that mean that growing up you didn't you weren't always around performance cars or the performance cars of that era? So that was a massive thing suddenly mm. coming home with that. And then maybe that sparked an interest of even more car stuff because of how excited you got in that moment? Definitely. Like, I even remember back then, obviously there was no social media or, or Google. You couldn't go and look at pictures of cars or nothing. So if we saw a car on the road, say it was a Porsche or a Lamborghini, or which was a rare occasion, when you saw that car, you got a snapshot of what it looked like. And... It was like seeing a celebrity. It's like, wow, I can't believe I just saw a Ferrari or whatever. And uh, as brothers, we all generally, most of us love cars. So um, we'd all talk about, can you believe I saw this today? And, you know, that's kind of just pushes it on. And you grew up in uh, Luton, just outside of London. So it didn't actually take that long to to get into London. And I'd say a lot of the guys that we uh, were actually away with on the trip, some of them started the early parts of their career by filming cars, the likes of Adam C, filming cars in London as well. Did you ever go in and do any spotting? Like, how did it develop that that passion of cars? Um, No, I I would say I've possibly done trips to London to take my little boy there to show him the cars and stuff. I never really done any sort of car spotting or nothing like that back in the day. Um, where did it? You you mentioned your dad was wheeler dealing, mm-hmm. or not not wheeler dealing. You mentioned your dad suddenly got the money together to buy a car. Do you think he was wheeler dealing? And oh, a, so is that where you've got that from? He's a proper deal boy. Oh, honestly, he loves doing a deal. Even now, he'll buy like antiques. He'll buy 
um, little things on eBay. He's always on eBay buying, bidding on little bits to buy and sell and even doing a deal. I've definitely learned doing a deal from my dad without doubt. So I'm guessing you went to a public school mm-hmm. and what sort of stuff did you like when you were growing up, when you started to obviously be in, in education, thinking about what you were going to do? I always liked my BMX. I was fascinated by my BMX. I spent all my, my whole childhood I spent on my, on my BMX. I used to go out and out with my mates, go to the local chalk pits, go to local skate parks, go to wherever we could go on our BMX all the time. And I'd, even fixing up my BMX, tidying them up. I used to buy and sell BMXs as well. So I'd buy parts and fix them up in my shed. Back then there was no such thing as, again, like online sales. So we used to put advertise, do little ads in like the local shops or the local papers, like the loot and the free ads for anyone that might remember them. And so you were um, already selling from, I'm guessing, age, say 16, 17 earlier was that earlier yeah yeah yeah. a lot earlier than that i was always even anything to earn money really just even out washing cars just walk around the, the local estate with a i think that's quite a common thing that a lot of the young lads do just with a bucket and a sponge and just knocking on people's doors washing their cars anything to raise up a little bit of money Do you remember the first time you ever sold a car yeah i feel like the first car that i ever bought and sold was me and my brother went and bought an astro gte in luton and i think it was about 350 quid and again it was advertising the local ad loot or free ads or whatever the newspaper was back then and it might have been advertised 500 pound it looked cheap anyway it was champagne gold uh, which weren't probably weren't the best color and we went and bought it from uh, a fella in luton town center i'm pretty sure we paid 350 quid for that car 175 pound each we bought it back we cleaned it we re-advertised it with a sign on the side of the road in sunderland park where we grew up and we got a thousand pound for it. I don't know if they are the debt because my memory's <laughs> but it was there or thereabouts. And I remember that was an eye opener thinking, wow, I've just earned like a crazy amount of money out of one the sale of one car. So yeah, I think that was probably the first car we ever bought and sold. Road to Success is all about finding out about the history of our guests and how they got to where they are today. Using Car Vertical, you can do exactly the same thing for a car. All you have to do is head over to their website enter the registration of the vehicle that you're looking at and their software will run a full report on the car, finding any potential hidden issues. I did one on this BMW M2 that I was looking at and can see that the vehicle's clear on theft, it's never been stolen. The mileage all checks out and the financial and legal status of the car is A-OK. However, I was surprised when I saw an amber light next to damage, showing that the vehicle had actually been written off by an insurer in the past, even though it was displayed as A-OK online. This means I now know to steer clear of this car and any potential costly issues that I could incur in the future. If you want to run a report on a vehicle that you're looking at, just head over to Car Vertical and enter the discount code SUCCESS at the bottom for a discount off of your report. Cheers, Car Vertical. So did you realise from that moment or did you realise before cars, the automotive world was what you wanted to go into for work? Or was it always just like wheeler dealing, where it, can I make some money? It's always about, yeah, just doing your deal. I think as a rule, I, was, I would sort of say to everyone is you want to get your income right. So your daily income, your work, get your work right, whatever that might be. So I was actually, I started off work in the building trade. So I've done carpentry, I've done sort of building work. And that for me was like a good uh, weekly wage. And that covered my bills and stuff. And then outside of that, I think you should, everyone should have a little investment, whether that be uh, like Forex trading or bloody crypto, whatever your thing is. For me, it was cars. Yeah. Um, so we started doing cars never seriously until a lot long, not a lot later on. But we'd always do the odd car here and there. And but we'd always make sure we're still in work, keeping busy. We never fully relied on the car income because it is up and down. 
you might sell one car one week and then not sell, sell a car for a couple of weeks later. So until you build up to a point where we're at now, where you've got a lot of cars in stock. Probably 180 outside the doors there, here. There's a lot here and there. So that's what we've got to cover is how, how somebody goes, because there'll be so many people out there flipping cars on their drive or one after another, etc. How the hell have you taken that from there to 180 outside and then develop multiple digital businesses around the outside of it? This is what I want to try and get across to the, the viewers that that guy was just walking around the estate with a bucket, washing cars, trying to make ends meet, started in a trade and, and now look where we are today. So it's trying to understand how that's happened. But I think before starting that story, mm -hmm. you should holistically try and explain the makeup of your different businesses. So right now, where are we? So right now we're at Binker, which is essentially my car dealership. We're located in Milton Keynes. Um, we, we recently relocated to this site here, which is a lot bigger. It's about 1.7 acres. It's a big site. Uh, we've come from a site that was about an acre less in size. So it was very cramped this time last year. We've been, we've been on the hunt for a new site and we're very lucky to have found this site. So it's in the same area as well, which is brilliant. And yeah, so this is, this is my base. This is where I come to every day. I've got offices here. Um, and I've got staff here, family, a lot of my family here. And um, yeah, we're basically just buying and selling cars from here every day. You're buying and selling cars from here, but I've already met two of your social media editors mm -hmm. that sat upstairs that run the whole Calvin's Car Diary, Binker, everything social media that also powers this place. A lot of the sales, a lot of the the deals that are done, and you mentioned are done through social media mm -hmm. now. So that's obviously hugely important. But you also have software platforms. Yeah, so one of our sort of rules is we do everything within um, what's currently available to us. So it's always about maximising what's available to us. So when we started buying and selling, like, like I said, I was in the building trade. Well, what can we do within the building trade that's, that's beneficial to what we're currently doing? We'd, we'd start buying and selling houses. So we started doing property many years ago. Um, my bro One of my brothers was an estate agent, so that kind of went hand in hand. But we never really stepped outside of what was immediately available to us. So... With the car trade, it was like we was doing a few cars. Well, why don't we just transition into doing cars full time? And at that point, we started, I used to, I still do, I do have a lot, lot of our accounts. So our accounts before 10 years ago were pen and paper. It's all on bits of paper. It's a bit long. And we had three sites and I was doing all of our accounts. So at the end of each day, I'd have to go to each site and pick up our paperwork. So then I could account for it at the end of the week. Yeah bit long bit of a process but it worked and it was fine but as we grew the cars the amount of cars we were dealing with grew and the amount of paperwork that i was dealing with grew it just became a massive job load a workload even and i wanted to spend more time doing social media because we realized that by doing social media we could bring loads of traffic to the businesses and stuff so one of my brothers is actually a bit of a tech guy and he, quick bit of water, my mouth's dry, man. So yeah, one of my brothers was a, is a tech guy. He's a bloody, he's a genius in my eyes anyway. I'm not, I'm not just saying it because my brother, he's amazing. And he, um, he was sort of, he wasn't out of work. He just wasn't in work that he enjoyed. So he just, we, we had a chat one day and I just said, Curtis, why don't you just come and work with me? And we work on building a, an invoice system for the car trades. But just for us, that was all it was for. It was just for us. Again, doing things within what's available to us and what's immediately within our circle. We've got Curtis who does websites. Let's just start building this. We started building it and he's a perfectionist and he's done a bloody good job of it. So it then went from that to becoming like 
uh, invoicing, bookkeeping. We then built a valuation system into it. We then um, added things like trade to trade. We had a company called the Car Buying Shop at that point as well. So we integrated the Car Buying Shop into this, which was a, uh, an online private seller platform, a bit like we buy a car motorway. People go to our platform to sell their cars and it would send them leads into our system. So we built this amazing system and it's still it's still in uh, development now. And um, yeah, we, we're now in a position where we're offering that system for use with other car traders. So I didn't intend on going out my way to build a bloody amazing car dealer software platform. It's just evolved because of, again, within what's, re- what's available to us. I think it's worth putting some time frames on um, this stuff as well, because as you, you mentioned two words um, 10 minutes ago, which was where someone does something on the side, whether it be Forex or crypto. Well, I think a lot of people try and do those sort of things because they think they're kind of get rich quick schemes. Yeah. And there's, there's, you mentioned on the plane to me, you've been doing this over 15 years now and everything has had to have a chance to evolve over that period of time. And it's like you started off with that software just for your own use and you've been doing that in the background for years and now that's at a point where you're actually going to be offering that out and everything's been reinvested um so how many years have you actually been buying and selling cars at binker so i suppose our, our business our actual business fair brothers limited was established in 2011 um so i, I suppose properly 12 years but then we started prior to that as well it just got to a point where we was doing so much it was like well we need to now set up a limited company and go do it properly so um yeah solid for 12 years and even then like the the enter edge platform the car dealer, dealer platform that wasn't anything then so it does take a long time and i think when you're younger you sort of feel a bit impatient going back to what you said earlier about looking at like, speaking out to sort of young guys looking to get into the car trade when I was in my twenties, I wanted everything now. Whereas as you get older, you definitely learn to be patient and it does take time. And as long as you're enjoying it along the way, I think that's, that's the most important thing. And I can say that like with car trading, spending time with my family, with my brothers every day, I do enjoy it. For someone that that journey has also helped them in their personal life, achieve some goals, etc. Many goals. Some of the stuff you showed me was amazing. We'll leave personal life over here. But one of those things that you did grasp for a while is you actually had your own supercar, didn't you? You had an Audi R8 V10. I had an R8 V10. I think the first sort of supercar that I owned, I suppose supercar, it's a bit of a um, bit of a debate whether it's a supercar, is a, is a Nissan GTR. So I got to the point where it was buying and selling. Again, having your own car when you're a car dealer, your priority is always, not just when you're a car dealer, with many businesses, your priority has got to be reinvesting into your business. It should be. And I've, that's a common thing with what we do as well. We just reinvest all the time. So for me to have had my own car was quite a big deal, but it was good for social media for me to have my own car. So back then when I was growing my channel, I um, I had a Mitsubishi Evo 10, which was brilliant. People used to love it. And then I bought a Nissan GTR, which for me was massive. Like they're, they're an amazing car performance-wise. They look cool. And they, they were, back then especially, they were loved in the car world. So I, um, yeah, bought a GTR. We also had a Ferrari 360 at one point. Again, I love they're a beautiful car, bright red Ferrari. Like it's a dream for most people. And, um, but we just bought it to sell it. That was in and straight back out. And then we got, got to a point where a couple of years ago, I bought myself an Audi R8. Yeah. It was a cool car. And what was that like for you as the kid that was walking around the state 20 years ago, washing cars in the bucket? Did you have a pinch me moment when you had that and think, how the hell has this happened? Or, or was it not as exciting as you thought 
getting to the point where he could have your own supercar would be? I think sort of, no, I, I absolutely loved it. It's amazing. Like it's it bright yellow. It sound there. There's a yellow. But I got offered it in the trades. It's not, it wasn't like I was out on the hunt for a, an Audi R8. I had a car event coming up that year and I thought I haven't got my own car for my own car show. And I got offered this R8 and then amongst us we was like, Cal, like my brother's like, Cal, have you got to buy this car? Like this is perfect for you to arrive at your car show in an Audi R8. You've never really had a proper supercar. And although an R8 is debatably, it's not a Lamborghini or a Ferrari, but it's, it's, it's a cool car. And um, I suppose, yeah, I could buy it. I could run around in it. And that is one of the joys with being a car dealer. And I did it. I got some enjoy, enjoyment out of it. And then I sold it and made a profit on it. But was there, it, that wasn't a pinch me moment. I don't know what a pinch me moment's been, but. Probably your own car show. Car show was a big deal. And that came from beginning a career on YouTube. Now you mentioned before that social media, you started doing social media and loads of people say, oh, I do, we did social media, but I think it's a bit different because your journey, you've ended up with quarter of a million YouTube subscribers, a huge car base, you're massive on TikTok and the content that you create actually has a purpose for the business and to bring people back. But not only that, you have developed a platform where everything that you earn from your social media, you put into a free car giveaway portal and you just give away cars back to your followers for free. That's it. So my, my again, going back to our mindset with business, I say, oh, as a family, we're all the same. Everything is all about reinvesting because I don't want goods. I want amazing. I don't want to, I'll happily just tick along and live an average life. I get a wage every month. I'm happy with that. I want amazing. So for that, for the for the time being, for forever, it might never happen. I just want to keep reinvesting. I don't want, I don't want anything more than that. I just want to keep reinvesting, and who knows where it could grow to. So everything that comes into my channel, um, from Calvin's Car Diary and from Planet of Dreams, we just reinvest it. It gives us content. It gives us cool cars. It gives us cool stuff to do. And people have got the chance to win stuff for free. And Friday night, did you give away a Hyundai i30N? Yeah, so the Friday just gone, we've just announced the winner of this Hyundai i30N. So we bought this car from a subscriber of the channel. It had a few issues, which is perfect. Brilliant for social media. Um, we filmed a series of getting it repaired. And at the end of the line, we then put it back on Planet Dreams, give the subscribers a chance to win it for free. A guy's won it for free. But at this point in time, he actually hasn't opened his emails. He's not responded to any messages. He's not answering his phone. So he doesn't actually know that he's won the car. So I'm going to be at, well, if he doesn't open his email between now and then, I'm going to go knock on his door. Say, I can't remember. I think it's Richard. Richard, you've won the bloody Hyundai for nothing. So that'd be quite cool. Is that a hell of a pinch me moment when you're stood on someone's drive, giving them a free car? It is cool. It's amazing. Sometimes it gets bloody emotional. We had one guy called Kyle. He's one of the first winners. It was about a year or so ago. And he was in a, in a poor financial position. He didn't, he had a car, but it didn't work. And he entered for his chance to win um, a BMW 335D that we had on Planet of Dreams. And he won it for nothing. And he, w the video was good. He was like, he was shocked, couldn't believe it. And we changed, I don't want to say changed his life. He won a five grand car, but it was a big deal for him. So it's, yeah, it is nice. 
And what along that social media journey, what when did you start showing your face? Because people out there showing your face on camera can be the first huge step. But it sounds like to me from 14, 15, flipping BMX parts, being a bit of a geezer. Did you have a trouble showing your face on camera or did mm, it come naturally? I wouldn't say it came naturally, but I feel like I, I suppose... At school, I was always a bit of a sort of class clown. So I was a kind of always... A, <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine I that, was, yeah. I was a bit of a... Like, I was a naughty boy at school. And I suppose being a bit of a a character, I don't know, that that was quite, it was kind of me anyway. And I started doing it. It ain't natural. It ain't natural talking to a camera. So for anyone that's trying to uh, feel like they, they expect they can just click with talking to a camera, it doesn't come like... Some, some people it probably does, but I can't say it comes naturally to everyone. But for me, because I started sort of, it was kind of organic. I started doing it on my phone and then people started liking it. And then it kind of naturally or slowly just grew. It was never very big very soon. So I sort of grew with my channel, which was quite nice. And many people out there will think that to be able to run multiple businesses, guard dealership, edit YouTube videos, you must have been on some sort of crazy university course or this, that or the other. Has everything that you've ever done been self-taught? Yeah. Yeah. Other than carpentry in college, but I was never good at that. <laughs> That's why I don't do because it. Because no even next to me on the plane coming back from see me, you were editing one of your own videos, even though you've got two guys editing upstairs. Do you just literally constantly, as the hoodie says, on it. on it? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Always on it. Because I feel, I, I spend my time the same way as I spend my money. I, I look at... Um, you know, the the common saying assets and liabilities. When you're spending your money, you want to spend money on assets, not liabilities. And I spend my time in the same way. If I'm doing something, I want it to be productive. I don't do anything unproductive because we've only got a certain amount of time here and I want to be as productive as I possibly can as often as I can. So when I'm sat on a plane for 10 hours, um, at that, I suppose it was the middle of the night, so there was a bit of sleep time. But I thought, bit of sleep time. He had his head on my shoulder after time. I tell you. <laughs> yeah, he was cuddling up to me. <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. But um, I was I, the middle I, spoon, man. <laughs> we, um, yeah, no, I'm just sat on a plane. I'm thinking, what can I do? I can feel this time out of a bit of editing. So, and I actually like editing videos. I enjoy editing. I'm a, I feel like I'm quite a creative person, maybe. So I, I feel like that satisfies that part of my brain. I enjoy editing. It's good. So, and how much of your business does come from social media? Um, I would say possibly half, maybe more. It's a lot. Like if you walk out in my yard at any point of any day, not not any point, pretty much any point of any day, you'll see one of my subscribers in the yard looking at cars. So whether they're buying a car or selling a car, 
we we get a lot of business from social media. So you wouldn't be anywhere near the kind of site that you've grown to now if you hadn't put that effort into running socials? No way. And one of the guys that we went away with, just to add some context again, we went to Vegas last Vegas, week baby. to the SEMA <laughs> show. I got it right here. Look at that. Oh, I didn't actually yeah. have my name on my video pass for Calvin, Las Vegas That's with me. EBC breaks as an uh, exhibitor. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were there with the, the big group of guys. I absolutely loved it. I talked about it with Ben Collins on a podcast last week, just the amount of people that I've met to be able to interview, etc. For you, you just were gone. You were off in your own world filming videos every single day. Do you just see every opportunity as a moment to just film content and create stuff for your platform? Yeah, yeah. I just feel like a big responsibility to make sure I achieve. So I'm, I'm part of a big family and we all work together. And for me to just go on holiday and enjoy myself, it's not what I want to do. I don't want to go. I'd feel guilty if I'd done that. If I went away and just chilled out and enjoyed myself and went out partying with my, ma- my mates and having fun, I would feel guilty. So for me, I'm there for social media um, I'm there for, you know, pr- producing content. Car Vertical obviously sponsored the trip as well. So uh, big love to them. And I want to not, I want to deliver. I want to go there and deliver. So I've gone out there and I've just gone off on my own, as you know, every day filming. And I, and I had every intention of doing that and I wanted to deliver that. So I had a, I, before the day before I went, I filmed a video to my channel saying, guys, tomorrow I'm going to Vegas and I'm going to film a video every day, a single vlog every single day of what I'm doing. And I want to deliver that. So I think there's some funny content in a couple of those vlogs. <laughs> it is good. We're editing them right now, funny enough. So we we filmed eight videos. We was obviously there for eight days. And um, yeah, I just, I just wanted to maximise as much as I could out that trip. I think it's quite impactful to say, and we spoke about social media, how that you've enabled building a big following has become potentially 50% of your business, et cetera. And there's always a subscriber in the yard. But so that it's probably rare that you actually had a chance to go to an event which had all of your subscribers somewhere else as well. You visiting them essentially at your own car event. How mad was that? What happened? Tell us about that. So again, so uh, we done our first one, I think, in twenty twenty one. Which was it? Twenty one. It must have been just after lockdown, where restrictions restrictions got eased. And my first one, the first one was actually the one that I arrived in the R eight in. And I met the sort of sort of deal is everyone arrives there first. I then arrive there after. I drive up on stage with my little boy in the passenger seat as well. And we get out and then we're greeted with the audience of people. And the first one I've done was incredible. Like the audience was the love, honestly, the love Your that I get. Flipping car my show. Own car show. It's CCD, the event 2021. And it was an unbelievable turnout. And then off the back of that, we've done like a follow up video to say thanks to everyone for coming along. Um, and by the way, what a feeling, like what a feeling getting out of that car at that point with my little boy, it's emotional. It's emotional. I'm like, what the hell? Like, I'm just a bloody car. Yeah, because let's, be, let's face it. You can clearly <laughs> see from this podcast. Calvin is very, Carla dealer from Blue and fucking wheel dealer. Don't, you talk, <laughs> don't say the wrong thing to me, Ben. I was, I'm going to fucking bet you across the table. Kind of thing. So for this guy to say that something was actually kind of emotional, mm. it's quite a big deal. I, I may, I'm well in touch with my emotions. I'm not, I'm, I'm openly, I suppose, openly emotional where needed. I'm not, you know, I don't hide, hide it. Uh, and on stage, it, it, it is impossible. And I think this year, my next event in 2024, I'm going to make sure that I go on stage and I'm refrain, like I'll keep myself together be because yeah, it that. is, yeah, you should come. It's, it's, it's a good day out. So uh, 21 was, was incredible. 22 was, was better. And then year on year, it got, well, I say year on year, we then done 2023 this year. And this year was absolutely shocked. Like the, the turnout was a joke. I got there 
And I was like, it was like 5,000 people. There was thousands of people there. And I looked around and I thought, I cannot believe all these people were here for me. And then I'm, I get on stage. And at this point, I'm still soaking it all in. I'm still soaking it all in. So you just turned up and drove I just turned up in the car that we'd done with a little boy. with my little boy, which is, is amazing as well to experience that with my son, who's now nine years old and to take him up on stage. And then Chiro, who organizes our events, passes me the mic and I'm, I'm not ready to talk. I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to, I can't, I'm not coping with it. This is, this is ridiculous. So, um, I think Chiro then passes the mic to Kai and says, Kai, how's, how's it feel like you, you hear with your dad and Kai's quite chatty. And, um, oh, easy. Nine year old chatting yeah, in front of 5,000 people. That's he's, fine. You can take the mic. He's just, well, not oblivious. He's just bubbling. He's like looking at everyone thinking, wow, I'm on stage with my dad and all these people here. And, um, yeah, it's, that's definitely, you talk about pinch me moments. That is a serious pinch me moment. And everything that you talk about includes in some way, shape or form, a family member. Just then yeah. you got your little boy on stage with you. And when you talk about the business, how many of you are there in the business that are actually family? So there are five brothers in the business and um, my niece is in the business as well. So And my dad as well, sorry. And what I find fascinating about this is I grew up in a family business mm-hmm. um, where uh, my dad owned the company and he ended up um, employing one of his brothers to work in the business. And at one point, I believe both of them worked in the business. There was three brothers, and I mm-hmm. think they all worked in the business at some point. And I think there was the most monumental clash of heads between really? two of them. And then that was that was that. And then even me, I have to admit, even me, I loved working with my dad, and I prefer to work with my dad than not work with my dad and had that experience. But Jesus Christ, we did clash sometimes. Really? Oh yeah, we had some clashes. Like uh, I do wonder, so what has the, been the experience of all these years of working together as a family? Because that, that's a lot of responsibility on someone's shoulders, basically employing family members. I think a lot of people ask me that. How well do you get on with your family? That's quite a common question that I get asked. And I think, so basically me and my brother Leon, who is the brother that's slightly older than me, uh, we started together, I suppose, just after school time. So our journey started then and then as our younger brothers got older they didn't start getting involved so the limited company is is me and leon and then our brothers started getting involved and i, I suppose with us if we've, we've all got the same idea of what's right and wrong so if we was to ever fall out it would only be over um something financial no because if you've got the right if you're all on the same page with right and wrong how could you ever fall out we literally don't ever argue. We don't fall out. We all get on really well. We spend a lot of time with each other outside of work as well. So it none of us are going to step out of the line. So we I don't think we'll I don't think we'll ever fall out of touch woods. It works really well. And we got to ask, you mentioned at the beginning um of this, you grew up from the age of five onwards um with you and your mum, because mm-hmm. your dad left. And but now your dad works in the business with you now. Yeah. So I, we grew up with without our dad pretty much. He was sort of on and off the scene um, as kids. And later on in life, we sort of got back in touch, if you like. And he's now one of the managers of my business. So, And is that because of your, do you like forgive and forget? Is that your mind, your mindset? Like how, how do you, what's your take on, on life? Do you hold grudges? Nah, I don't hold any grudges. I've got, I think anger's a, a negative feeling you want to get it out of your body you don't want to feel anger towards and even driving down the road or day to day you don't want to be feeling angry at all but I think for me I don't know just I don't want any enemies I don't want 
not get on with people. I just want to get on with everyone as best as I can. I don't forgive and forget. I think that's a bit of a, a silly thing to do. Um, but we're all adults now, man. Grow up, move on. I was just about to say that. How different is it? And this is probably something that'd be quite interesting for me to hear. How different is it running a business when you've had that sort of 10 years experience and you're in your 30s compared to maybe the way you'd have looked at it in your 20s? Do you find yourself, is, are you are you a different businessman to what you were 10 years ago? Because I'm got, sometimes I, even when I was a bit younger, say, because I was running a business at 19, 20, yeah. I was a hothead, man. Like, like something would go wrong and I bang, bang, bang. And now I'm a lot, I'm a lot calmer, a lot more reserved. And that's only in a short period of time. So have you Definitely. changed at all? Oh, mate, I'm completely different. If you see me 15 years ago, I'm a different, I'm not a different person as far as like morally, I've always been good, but then yeah, how you deal with things, you de you definitely learn. And I suppose as time goes on, you've almost proven to yourself, like I can deal with this. So if I get faced with a problem today, it's like, well, this ain't a problem. I can deal with this. I've dealt, dealt with so many problems over the years that throw a problem at me and I'll deal with it. So yeah, you do become better at dealing with problems. You also become a bit more, I don't know, when you're younger, like you say, you're, you're a bit of a hothead. You just react to things or retaliate in, in possibly the wrong ways sometimes. But as you get older, think nah, can't do it. there's only one way to deal with things the, pro the proper way so yeah i'm definitely better is problem solving one of your favorite things yeah i enjoy problem solving so it's probably good that you work in this industry then because i'm imagining that you're coming across god knows how many problems every day and we've seen from some of your videos online some of the things that you have to deal with so what video from the content that you've created or experience that you've had because i remember seeing one where you were like in the car like telling mate i think it was a golf fire like Mate, your real wheels like just knocking and you've had all sorts of stuff. You had crashes on test drives before. Yeah, and... I had a crash on the test drive. That's quite a big one. Um, but again, that that's a perfect example of a problem. So you get a problem. This guy took this car out for a test drive and he shouldn't have done. I gave him the keys. I said, let's start it. Don't drive it. Just take it for a test drive. He took it out on the road and he's got 100 yards down the road, like literally not far at all. And he's gone head on with a guy in the local guy in the village. I've then found out about it. I've gone up there. And I'm seeing two car, two cars smashed up. They're, the two drivers are sort of arguing with each other. I'm thinking, that's currently my car. And I just want to get paid for the car. That's all I care about. Is everyone all right? Yeah, everyone's fine. Okay, money. So I went back, got my card machine. From Luckily, I've got a wireless card machine. I remember seeing the video. And and I, and I just think, it, anyway, so I've gone back to the, 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 the site of the crash. And the guy's trying to argue with me. I'm like, look, there's no argument to be had here, mate. And it was, you know, maybe getting a bit heated. And I'm like, listen, just pay for the car. Yeah, and he's he was definitely trying to curve paying for the car. But in the end, he said, that's, that's fine. I paid, paid for it on a couple of cards. And I thought, fair play. He's took this on board. He's took it as his own problem. He's basically saying, I've, he didn't say this, but, you know, he's he took a car. He's crashed it. And he's dealing with it. The police then turned up and said, Calvin, I know you from social media. And I said, yeah, yeah. He goes, oh, I like your videos and stuff. He's, he's actually proper sound, the, the copper. And um, he said, you shouldn't have intervened. You shouldn't have intervened. You should have just left us to it. You should have took the guy to court and then you should have got your money in that way. And I was like, mate, there's no way was I doing that. I've got my card machine here. He's there. He's to come to buy the car. He's just got to pay for it. I'm done now. I've got my money. I'm going. So I just left them all to it. But what I was going to say is, I think it's a good message to people viewing. Like, don't, sometimes you've got to take control of a situation. You have to. And not just sometimes, in as many times as possible. You need to take control of what the situation is in front of you. I'm thinking I want I want my money for my car and I want to, priority is making sure everyone's all right. Like I said, everyone's all right. I want my money I want my now. money. I do want my money. And it wasn't a crazy amount of money, but it's kind of like, well, if I was on the other side of this, 
I d- doubt that would ever happen, me to taking someone's car for a drive and crashing it in someone down the road. But if I was in his position, I'd be like, mate, this is my problem. I've crashed your car. Let me give you money and let me deal with this. You crack on, go back to work. So I think there was only, that was the only way of dealing with it through my eyes. What other mad things have happened in this crazy world of YouTube? What, uh, I suppose it's not even YouTube really, because that's quite real. That's just life of uh, mate, a car dealer, the things a, you have to deal with. Yeah, that was a Monday morning. So... <laughs> Uh, what else? Uh, this is a Monday morning now, so he's going to get out the van in a minute. Yeah, <laughs> Some mad shit's going to have occurred. But that is the cool thing about the car trade, because you've got a mixture of people and used cars. Used, used cars fluctuate from car to car. You know, they can have their issues and people do fluctuate as well. So um, we have issues all the time. Of course we do. Like any Most car dealers must watch me and think, God, this guy, he, he just seems to have a laugh with everything day to day but it is uh, genuinely it's a high pressure stressful life dealing with used cars and um people every day is you know there's a lot lot, that comes with it so you mentioned with all those family members running in the business to have a 180 car basically dealership outside in a 1.7 acre site what does it take to run that how many what people are doing what so we 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 have everything sort of split into teams so um, one brother's managing the retail cars. My dad manages all the trade cars. Um, another brother manages a lot of the buy-in along with another brother. We've got another brother that manages the valeting <laughs> and then me doing the social media. Just say to your mum, I need two, three more brothers, mum. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, more brothers. <laughs> but it's nice because each one of those brothers, they're all, um, or family members even, they're, they're, they're all... They all take it personal. So uh, for me personally, my experience with working with families, I wouldn't do anything other because you've all got your best interests at heart. None of us consider what the other one's doing because we all know we've got each other's back and we all know that everyone's giving it everything 100%. So it just works really well. And as a result of that, you get more results than I suppose a normal team would because we're all just not even 100%, 110%. We're just giving more all the time. Because you, I even walked in, you got your niece on the front desk. Yeah. And, and you don't feel like an unbelievable weight of responsibility. I do. I do feel a massive responsibility. And I play my role, uh, even on my graffiti wall in my where I do all my filming. I've got the word uncle on there. I've got the word dad on there. I've got the word husband on there. Boss. I've got all these words because I'm playing all these roles. And I, I take every single one of them roles seriously. I want to be the best dad. I can be the best husband. I can be the best brother. I can be the best uncle, best boss, best landlord, whatever. Everything that I do, I do take it seriously. And it is a massive responsibility. And I suppose going back to me being in Vegas, I'm playing all of those roles in my head for that whole week. And I want to make sure that I deliver. So it is, yeah, it's a, it's a big it's a big pressure, but I enjoy it. What was the biggest thing you took away from the trip to Vegas? What was the biggest thing I took away? I don't know the answer to that. And we had this chat when we was there as well, didn't we? And Chiro was like, I hope... He... It's got to be the network for me. There was it so was definitely many the network. people. We met... It is only that, isn't it? We met so many people. We all had a sort of a chilled, easy time. Because if, I, if I'd... I think before I'd messaged Mark McCann to say do a podcast, it's very difficult with some guests on social media. Everyone says that social media and Zoom and this digital world, world that we live in is brilliant, which it is because you can contact anyone from anywhere. But you also don't get genuine replies sometimes because it's just another account messaging somebody on social media. For me, what I hit home about doing a trip like that with like-minded people, which I think it's so important that people get out and network and go to car events, and whether it be your car event next summer, whether it be something else. Because for me, when you're actually stood in front of these people and can have a five-minute conversation, suddenly you can make anything happen. 
And that feels good. And to be able to go go away, you're definitely right. The networking side of it was massive. And just to be able to go away, even like me and you, we didn't know each other two weeks ago. As, and now we're, you know, I feel like I've known you for ages. We've connected in a lot of ways. We genuinely spent a lot of time together, didn't we? Yeah, on the trip. We went yeah. out for dinners to get like we, it, half of them were so ADHD. We had to they go actually and were. Escape. We, had to, we had to escape them. We had a bit in common, and Luke it worked. And Grace. We, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it was good, it, and we we all spent good times with, with each other. And now you're in in a position where, especially you do it doing podcasting, you're in a position where you're. It, you've got personal relations with so many different people now off the back of that trip. So yeah, network, networking is such a powerful thing. So where do you think you're going to go with your, your network, your audience, your digital? Have you, do you set yourself goals or do you just take every day as it comes? I don't necessarily set myself goals. I just make sure that every day I give a hundred percent. So where I can, I make sure I'm doing as much as I can and that's it. And the, the future should in theory then unfold in a good way. Do you see things come in front of you a lot of the time and think I can't help that? And an example of that would be you're currently sat in a NAFCLO hoodie, which is actually <laughs> your clothing brand. So I don't know how many people may know this, but Calvin has his own clothing brand. Of course he does as well. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to explain how the hell you've come to own a clothing brand on top of doing automotive YouTube with a couple of a million subscribers, on top of employing the whole family running a car dealership, a car buying service, a piece of software that's also offered out to the trade, and everything else that comes around the edges. You've also decided to buy a clothing company. How did this happen? So this clothing brand, for anyone that's sort of my age and upwards, I'm 36 years old, it was in in the early 90s, it was a massive brand. Like anyone, I say massive, it was massive amongst people that lived on council estates, right? And it was um, colourful, it was quirky, it was sold at markets and car boots, that type of thing. And it never really, it may, might have made it to the odd shop, but it definitely never made it online. Right, because there was no such thing as the internet, of course, back then. So um it was big. And do you know what? I don't actually think any of us even owned it because we couldn't afford it. We our clothes come from charity shops. So we were given clothes. We never really we would have bought clothes, I'm sure, but um we didn't wouldn't have gone out of our way to just buy a piece of clothing. So it was a big brand, and then later on in time, we we basically come across the owner of the brand and it had never gone online. And when we saw an opportunity to get a brand that sort of was nostalgic to us and a lot of our friends and we could buy the brand and relaunch it online we've done the we've got the original brand in the original logo which is from the 90s as well and then we launched this this london range which is a bit more modern and people love it and how long have you done that that was probably about maybe five years ago maybe longer Clothing entrepreneur car entrepreneur youtube entrepreneur clothing <laughs> was the only thing that was kind of outside of what we were already doing so um pretty much everything i do is car related but then the clothing was a bit more personal i suppose and then the hashtag on it as well so people that deal with the nafco 54 clothing they also deal with all of the calvin's car diary merch as well which works really well the world of cars is very much up and down people always are talking about the car market whether it's buoyant whether it's weak there's always something going on with the car market whether a new car sales are down is yours more steady because of the stock that you sell? Or have you ever had any periods in time along this journey of having your own DJ where you thought, we really need to start selling some stock now? Like, what's that kind of journey been like? Mm, I suppose you're always, you're always chasing your tail as such because you're, we got offered so many cars, too many cars that we can't actually buy them all because there's too many of them, which is why we're trying to build up a car trading network so we can offer them out to the trade so they can buy them and they can earn money out of them. But 
Um, you're always trying to, I suppose, I don't know, I've never had an issue selling cars. So we, we sell loads of cars. We, we go through a crazy volume of cars. But for me, like you just said, the type of cars we sell, um, I would say it's a quite a safe bet as far as consistency is concerned because there's always a demand for that sort of run-of-the-mill stuff. So we sell sports and performance stuff because that's kind of in our blood. Um, but you've then C sixty three five oh seven in there. You've got um, Subarus. You've got GTIs, Golf R's, M fours, M threes. Like there's all that stuff in there. But yeah, that's not kind of quite the bread that's and butter. Not, nah, it's not. It's not. That's that's a big part of our business. But then there's also just just run of the mill stuff, petrols and diesels. You know, like things that in in the region of sort of five thousand pounds, and we sell a lot of them as well. And that side of the business is very consistent. It's very like month to month. It's pretty much the same. So. Has having um, your own family changed your outlook of work? Yeah. And I suppose it's, it it makes you look at your own time as well because you're spending a lot of your time doing things that are almost artificial. And you look at, I've got one son, and you look at him and you think, I want to give him more of my time. It's actually a bit of a, you know, when you're obsessed almost by business and then you start a family, it's like, this is actually more amazing than anything I've ever had ever. And you, it, it is a bit of a, I suppose, but then it's it's difficult. It's very, very difficult. But then as time goes on, as the businesses grow, I'm actually now quite fortunate where I'm in a position where I used to work seven days a week, day and night, whereas I don't do that so much now. So I've actually got a bit of time to commit to my family. So I'm lucky. No doubt we're going to be seeing lots of places that Calvin's Car Diary is going to come. I think Road to Success Van will most certainly be at the next event next summer. I want to thank you massively for coming on and sharing your story of how essentially you came from walking around council estates, washing cars with a bucket to the amazing business empire that yourself and your brothers have achieved today. Thank you so much for coming and telling thank your you. story. And I'm so glad that I met you at the show the other week. Cheers <laughs> for coming on, mate. Thank you, mate. Bye-bye. Cheers. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.